Hi, everyone, and uh, welcome to uh, Hawks Insiders. It's uh, a very, very special play ratings tonight, our second crack at it for the season. Um, and we actually, we're crossing live to Adelaide right now. We've got, um, we've got Andrew Weiss over there. Weissy, how are you going? G'day, Daz. It has been a fair trip over to Adelaide. It has just been unbelievable. I've come over with Ethan. We try and do one interstate trip a year. So early I've identified that Adelaide Oval somewhere we've always wanted to go. We had zero expectation expecting us to get smashed. Uh, and to watch that unfold was equal parts nervous, equal parts very exciting. So still on an absolute high, which is the best time to record these sorts of things. What was the moment in the game where the Port fans just went absolutely spare. Can you can you pinpoint can you pinpoint a moment? Um, oh, I, I think that they were they were just as bad as Pies and Blues and traditional Tigers fans in terms of um, their issues with the umpiring and free kicks. And for the most part, it was clear that it was because they didn't understand the rules so like, like there was there was that deliberate where the port player walked over the line um and you know he clearly didn't try to keep it in he had no one around him uh and they were just going nuts and in the end i think the threes were um were pretty even in the end i think well i think we ended up winning them by a couple but all night they were winning them um so there wasn't a specific moment, but I tell you what, in the last quarter, they were very, very quiet, very quiet, and it was beautiful. And a few Hawks fans over there? It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. I mean, I think the only time we really heard them was, um, or, or that it made a difference, was because the Power fans were so quiet, and Brewsty kicked those two goals in the second half that uh, you could actually hear the Bruce's from the yeah. Hawks fans around the ground. and Could hear it on the TV too. Yeah, so it was one of those, is that the Port fans booing or is that the Hawks fans Brewsting? So, yeah, um, yeah it was that there were enough littered. The, the cheer squad did a great job. There were enough fans littered around the place to like me, I guess, be up screaming and making sure there was some decent representation in the stands. Now, it's 11pm on a Saturday, so I guess we better crack into these ratings. Unfortunately, Ash is not joining us tonight. I'm not sure what he's, what he's up to, but um, we've, got a, we've got a pretty good stand-in for Ash tonight, and it's, it's your son, Ethan. Uh, Ethan, welcome to Fox Insiders for your, for your debut play ratings. Thanks, Darren. Thanks for having me on. And you got a you got a special special gift from um, from Jager tonight. Yeah, I got one of the mini footies from him. It was just the right end, and he put the cherry on top for me. That's awesome, and it was it was good to see Jager actually pass to a Hawthorne someone in a Hawthorne jumper at that point. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't a great night for him, but we'll we'll get into that. Um, yeah. So let's kick it off with with. Harry Morrison, who I, I thought he was, I, I thought he came off a pretty 
came off the back of a pretty disappointing round one, but he thought he had a, a really solid game. Um, used the footy well, 17 disposals. Um, just, just, just a solid, solid game from Harry and did his role. And I think that's all you want from him every week. Yeah, I thought it was very solid. I think he came again. He came off a really average first week. And what a better way to beat Port this week. And I gave him a six. Thought it was pretty decent. Yeah, I didn't really notice him too much, except for there are a couple of plays, particularly in the second half, transitioning across the the far side of the ground from where we were sitting. Um, and he became a really important link in some of those full cross-field transitions, um, which I think were important enough. I probably gave him a five and a half. I don't think his spot would be in danger for next week, but it, it was, wasn't certainly out of this world from him for mine. I think, I think a good game from Harry's when you don't really notice him that much. But I think there was a bit of intensity in the second quarter that I, I don't think I've seen from him for a while. And maybe you missed it out there on the ground, but definitely on the telecast, you could, you could see him attacking the footy uh, a bit more wholeheartedly than he has in the past. So I think it's a six from me for a pretty solid outing there from, from Harry. Um, let's go to number two, Mitch Lewis. What a star. What a star. I mean, we, you know, we said this last week. We talked pre-season about how he was the big hope and he started the pre-season really well and then had two average practice matches, albeit he was getting the ball. He just wasn't kicking straight. So, um, yeah, the, the marking, the contesting, his movement up the ground and his kicking that, you know, that set shot from outside 50. Uh, we were right behind that. Going to the old scoreboard end, that was just magic and what you want in your spearhead. I'm not sure I understand. I thought that Mitch really showed his composure up forward. Is that because he's got a big job as our only, well, not our only, but like our best mark up forward? He scored five, had seven marks. You take that for your key forward. And now he's got the equal most inside 15 marks and the equal most goals in the comp. So hopefully he keeps that up. What happened there with Siri? Were you asking Siri to show you Mitch Lewis's guns from preseason? <laughs> yeah, she didn't quite understand that. <laughs> a couple more weeks of performances like tonight and I think she'll get it. Um, five straight. For Mitch, and I think he's kicked. I, 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 I think how many straight? I'm going to say eight. Eight, maybe. Correct. Yeah, eight. Eight, yeah. which which is just incredible. And he's just started the season so well. I think consistency was a massive issue for Mitch, and it, for it, it, last year and the year before. And um, he's just putting together a pretty decent decent run of footy, and he's just got to go on from here. And clearly enjoying being the main man. Um, wasn't clunking. He probably he probably should have clunked a few in the. In, I think in that first quarter. Um, but yeah, you can't really complain about a game where you kick five straight and take seven marks, and he just looked dangerous the whole game. So nine for me for sure. Yeah, I agree with nine. I also give him a nine. 
Um, Tom Mitchell, uh, usual, most prolific player, ball winner on the ground for us, 28, 28 disposals. Um, how do you, how'd you see his game? Yeah, I'm okay with um with what we're getting from Titch at the moment. Like I'm I'm more than happy to temper his, you know, previous 30 to 40 touch games with 25 to 30 touch games where again he doesn't have to be the only one doing it in the middle. Uh and I thought in the first half he was the uh other than Travis Boak, uh, I thought he was the clear standout midfielder in the first half, um, went a little bit quiet in the second, didn't notice him as much in the third quarter um, and the second half. But, uh, yeah, really solid performance, um, dominated early. And, uh, again, if we're sharing the load in the midfield, that's going to be his role every week. So I gave him an 8 out of 10. Ethan? I thought Titch, yeah, he was very good. We don't see him getting the 40 possession games this year so far, but he does his role and he's definitely been our most consistent mid over the last two years. I gave him an eight, not his masterclass, but he still really helped us get that win. I think when Tom Mitchell's becomes a role player in this team, you know that we're, we're going somewhere. And I think... Just the amount of players that we've been rotating through that midfield is just really encouraging. I think he went at 57%, so maybe butchered a little bit by his pretty high standards. But, um, yeah, just solid outing, solid solid seven for Titch there in the guts. Um, let's move on to Warps, who came off a pretty disappointing round one where he, he just couldn't get his hands on the footy. He wasn't really that impactful. I thought he, was, I thought he had a great game. I thought he was... That midfield ball that we all know Warps has in him, uh, 22 disposals and um, a heap of inside 50s. So I, I, I thought it was it was the the PCM Warps or at least shades of it coming back um, in this game for me. So seven and oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Warps an eight. I thought he was great. Yeah, I give him a seven and a half. I really liked his game as well and. Again, our traditional midfield unit hasn't worked for us. So as opposed to just sticking him in the middle all game, I like him playing higher and up forward a bit more. I like the fact that, again, without looking at the stats, so one of you guys might have to confirm, I would assume he had more contested possessions than uncontested possessions today. Um, as opposed to fend-offs, he's happy to... Um, take players on and draw them to tackle him to then release the next player and be able to give it off. And, you know, again, similar to Titch, if his role is uh, 20 to 25 touches every game where half of them are contested, um, like that will be his role. And all of a sudden in the last two weeks, there hasn't been any sort of concern about them both playing in the same team. So I thought he was very solid. I gave him a seven and a half out of 10. I gave Warple an eight and a half out of 10. I thought he really made an impact in the midfield and on the half forward line. Also with the fend-offs, he usually gets lots of times he gets pinged. He only had one clanger throughout the game, which I love to see because he's using it more wisely, going at 63% with 
13 contested posies. We really take that as a mid slash half forward. That is some astute analysis there, Ethan. Um, agree with that. And I thought Walpole, especially in that second quarter, was full beast mode. And I, you love to see that, really. Um, James Sicily, wow, he just makes such a difference to our side. Um, just his kick, some of his kickings in the first quarter were absolutely ridiculous. The way, the way he gets, he, if we're going to play this fast counter-attacking slingshot, slingshot footy, he's just so crucial to that game plan and just the absolute intercept king. And I think he had a few friends back there, but just the way that he has transformed this side, along with Gunston, has just been amazing. Think that Sis really dominated. He didn't get as many touches as like many people would have liked, but he got twenty touches going at ninety percent. That is pretty incredible. Delete. And take having four score involvements as a back pocket, it's really good. And he did his job really well. You know what? Watching him from the stands tonight, uh, there were just so many occasions where I think I actually once or twice out loud said, there's the next captain of our football club. Like he just has such a presence and commands himself and commands the whole defensive structure. And, you know, I think his mark, as with all the other defenders, individually get bumped up because of what they do as a unit. And he's he's just leading that unit beautifully. And same when we start when we get to Jack Gunston, you know, Ash. I mentioned it last week on the pod. Ash's end of year um, consolation was we're winning games of footy without Gunston and Sicily. Gunston, the reigning PCM at the time, and Sicily, arguably, you know, our our biggest X factor. So. Um, to see him back, to see him playing so well and dominate, potentially even better than he was previously without having to be the only player dominating in the back line. Amazing. I gave him an eight and, yeah, I, like hooked James Sicily into my veins. <laughs> um, we could talk about this, this, this game all day, but let's move on to, to Ben McAvoy, who I think, you know, he, he's, he's got a bit of, competition for, for for that second ruck spot now with Ned, Ned Reese taking the number one ruck. And I think he, you know, that's clearly our best ruck pairing with with Big Boy and uh, with Reevesy. And just, yeah, a, a solid game. Got his hands to the footy first a lot of the times. Uh, probably should have clunked a few more than, than he did. But, um, yeah, just just a very typical workman-like Ben McAvoy game. Um, so a seven for me. Yeah, I think the competition's going to be really, really good for him. And I said during our pod earlier in the week that, um, you know, for the first time I had doubts about if Lynch was fit, whether or not if McAvoy wasn't captain, he'd hold his spot. But he was so good tonight. Like, I, I rate Scott Lysette. I think he's one of the better ruckmen in the competition. And we clearly won the ruck with... Uh, a very even contribution. I thought earlier on McAvoy's ruck work was um, when he got moved into the ruck halfway through the first quarter. I thought he was incredible and um, definitely had less of a presence up forward 
um, than we would want. Having said that, Lewis and Gunston were so good as keys. He did such a great job in the ruck. I gave him an 8 out of 10. I thought the big boy on the stats sheet, he didn't have his best game. 10 handballs, 14 posies, only four marks. But playing as that second ruckman, the game changer was that he was most of the time rucking against Finlayson while Lysette and Reeves were having a rest. And the hit-out count between McAvoy and Finlayson was 16-4 to McAvoy's favour. That's just a big game changer for me, I think. That just helped us in the centre clearances. And that's how we got so many goals out of those little hit-outs. Tell you what, Ash is really gonna. It's gonna. He's, he's in struggle. He's, in, he's gonna be in strife having to come back in and, and follow that, Ethan. Um, astute analysis again. Uh, Sam Frost, one of the best players on the ground for me. Just, uh, just would not let anyone else get near it when the ball came in his in his vicinity. Did a, had a few sort of frost ball moments that worked out pretty well. I thought. Um, and another player that just disrupted so many attacks and then launched us forward. And that was really the key for us tonight. So eight and a half for Frosty for me and just continued his, his, his rich reign of form from, from round one. I love the slight, the machinations of like, you have a CJ back in your team. So running, breaking lines off the halfback. Frost doesn't necessarily need to be that player. And as a result, Sicily and Frost are carrying the defensive duties with no Hardigan inside. Now, it may have been a different story if Charlie Dixon was playing. We might have seen Hardigan get, get a gig. And um, Ethan mentioned to me during the game when we were actually talking about it, you know, when we play uh, Hawkins and Cameron duo, Hardigan might get a role. But um, having said that, uh, Frost holding that key position post has been exceptional. I think better, probably better than anyone expected. And I gave him an eight as well. He was solid um, and really part of that incredible defensive structure. Um, well, so Frost, again, he, he didn't do that well on the stats sheet. He only got 13 possessions going at 53%. But I'm not sure what people saw on TV. He absolutely dominated all of the contests, really helped us down the back line and then linked up with CJ and Sicily and Scrimshaw just to get the ball up forward. And I thought he played a lot like Brian Lake today. So I gave him an eight and a half. Oof, Brian Lake. Wow, that is a, a very, very big comparison there. I think um, I think on the on on his kind of start to the year, you, you, you're probably going towards Brian Lake areas if he continues as he is. Um, CJ had a pretty quiet game, I reckon. Um, just I, I'm kind of wondering whether he had a different role today because just didn't see much of the footy, but I, I, I think I think he was he was really he was there when we kind of needed a play to be there and, and, and win the footy or get us forward. So didn't have his sort of usual dashing runs or rebounds off off the back. But, um, yeah, he he was pretty quiet. So probably a six for me, but, you know, nearly took that absolute screamer, which probably would have pushed, pushed it over the edge. 
that would have been incredible if he'd held on to that. Um, similar line, six out of ten for me. It was one of, um, yeah, one of his poorer games, I guess. But you hit the nail on it for me. There were like two or three um, contests from memory that the ball was there to be won, uh, and no one seemed to want it, which meant Port would have been able to break away and threaten to do it, and he just throw his body in and didn't need to get a clean possession out of it but just by making the contest again put the ball into dispute and I think that was really really important because our entire defensive structure from the forward line back the walls and the zones that we had in place were incredible tonight Um, and again some of the efforts he made to stop some of the the contested ball coming out to port were pretty decent but so six out of ten for me I thought like of a game where you're getting eight coaches votes I was like really pumped for CJ it was a pretty basic game from him he did his job but most people would have expected him to do more so I give him a six as well maybe we just have really high expectations for CJ now so he can't really just have an average game anymore he's got to do something completely athletic and inspirational for us to for us to sort of rate him highly but you know he is allowed to have a pretty workmanlike performance and he's allowed to play a role too so I wouldn't be too concerned with that performance um let's move on to to Jager who I, I thought had a really rough game again um just that I think it was in the third quarter that absolute like brain fade that brought Port back into the contest, and had we across the back pocket where across the back pocket face of goal. I mean, this is this is the standing captain from last week doing something like that, and you know it, it, it sounds a bit harsh, but I think if Port had then gone on, um, and that was a turning point in the game, you you just you, you just scratch your head really when a senior player does something like that. So it's a five for me for for Jay. Oh, Mate, I'm gonna I'm gonna downgrade him. I'm gonna give him a four. I thought he I thought he came into it kind of towards towards the end of the game and 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 had a pretty a few pretty good fend offs and um we, ha, had a bit more of the old Jager about him. But yeah, just a pretty ordinary game from him. Um, I was pretty. I thought Jager he had a rough game. He got twenty two possessions. The problem was most of them were uncontested, except at the end of the game, he gave me his match ball. So I'll give him an 11 out of 10. (laughs) Yeah, well, I sit uh, right down the middle of the fence. I agree with you, Darren. Uh, It was a poor game from him. And should I give him a pass mark or not? I agree with you, Ethan. Thanks for your support. Go Hawks, signed by Jager, holding it in our hands right now. Um, yeah. Do you know what? I think the reality is even when you're winning games of footy um, and you have a majority, uh, a huge amount of your team playing well, you're still going to get players that are not playing well. Um, and it just wasn't his night tonight. So, you know, I'm not the biggest Jager fan, but I'm willing to go when you win by 10 goals in Adelaide against Adelaide in round two. Um, can 
give him a pass mark and move on and see how he goes in, you know, the clash of the undefeated Carlton and Hawks next week. Clash of the absolute Titans next week. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Connor Nash, thought he had a great game. Actually, he was everywhere tonight. He was playing the ruck for a bit. He was, he was down back there in the second quarter. Just kicked that amazing goal. Uh, beautiful pickup. The rugby skills in, in, in full flight there. I've been a Nash detractor over the journey, but I think he's finding a role in the side as a, a kind of a bulky, fast-paced, skillful utility in a way, just become this Mr. Fix-It now for Sammy that he can just put in various parts of the ground. And I think I think he's, it's a real credit to him because he just seemed nowhere uh, a year ago. And, 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 and a credit to Sammy for actually showing faith in him. Um, I agree with that. Nash, he played so well. And I reckon he had one of the best moments of his career when he ran on to the crumb and walked into an open goal. That was absolutely stunning and it got the Port fans pretty mad behind us. Um, <laughs> 10, 10 for, for that, just for that. He went at 75%, which is very good, and Dad kept saying to me, oh, look, how good's Nash been? So I've got to give him a 7.5 out of 10. I'm giving him an 8.5 out of 10. I, I was a bigger kind of Nash detractor than the new as I had him on the plane with Connor Glass going going together back to Ireland. But um he's definitely even over the preseason, you know, the question marks over how he's gonna go and fit in the team with so many mids and the kids and the first two weeks he's been brilliant. And I think after last week, you know, where we saw him pinch hitting in the ruck, um probably the defining things tonight for me. Um, he actually, there was one um, high ball kicked into our defensive 50 and our other key defenders were nowhere near it. And he actually made up heaps of ground as the last defender. He had no right to be there and made a massive spoil in the contest. And then that goal, like he hit that at full tilt and ran that arc perfectly to avoid going out, avoid the port player, and then came back in for the, the snap on the goal line. It was just it was just beautiful. And he adds this extra dimension that just changes, you know, makes us less one-dimensional. Uh, I really, really like him, and he, he grows on me every game that, that I see him play. That's the thing with Nash. He's just he's got all the tools. He's just got – he's skillful, he's athletic. He's got a, a big frame on him. He's just got all the tools to be a top AFL footballer. And I think I think he's struggled in the past to just get involved and find his place. And I think I think he's thriving now because he kind of he knows his role. And um, he's just seeing him everywhere on all over the ground, getting involved. I think that's all you want from Connor. So that was that was a first class performance for me. Um, Dylan Moore, just an, another great game, and he's it continues like this, it's all Australian blazer territory for him, I reckon. Um, you know, two goals. His second efforts I thought were great, even you know, when he when he when he wasn't um winning the footy or taking the mark, he was straight up off the deck and throwing himself at the footy again. He again 
just played a, a variety of roles and all over the ground. So another great game for Dylan Moore. And he's, he's, he's kicked on from a great start to the year and he's kicked on from last year's great finish. Yeah, I was one of my favourite players, if not my favourite player. And Ethan will tell you, heading into the ground today, I, I said to Ethan, I'm not sure if any of these people here know who Dylan Moore is, but after he kicks five tonight, I reckon they will. <laughs> I also said that Lewis would kick eight. So I did. I did. I, I was, you know, being very ambitious. But um, the reality is those first two that he missed, he should have been on on four goals heading into sort of half time. So um, he very well could have. I, I thought he was really really good early I thought he faded a little bit as the game went on but he just he works so hard like I feel like he's got everything we've got in the last decade out of Luke Bruce as a small closer to home crumbing cunning goal sneaking forward but I actually feel like and don't get me wrong he's played an at one season of super decent footy, I feel like he offers so much more up the field. He works so hard up half forward onto the wing and his disposal is incredible. So, like, I I love him. And, yeah, if Dylan Moore loves the goal, if, if we don't have that on T-shirts and mugs and pens and hats and available as part of our subscription uh, by the end of the season, then I'm not. I'm doing something wrong. I think I gave him a seven and a half out of ten. Yeah, Moore's interesting. I think that he is very good for the future, but he's doing his job. He kicked two goals, seventeen possessions, seventy six percent. But the important thing is nine score involvements. I think that's a game high. And he just keeps on dominating and hopefully he'll keep on going this season. So I give him a seven. Nine scoring involvements is monster. That is a stat. That is the stat that you picked up on, Ethan, that I think says everything about Maury's game. And you know what? He just loves a Hawthorne win too. Just Hawthorne, another died in a Woolhawk supporter that's just absolutely loving taking this club back to where it belongs. So, you um, know, on that, I was speaking to, um, I, um, I know someone from the commercial department at Hawthorne and actually we ran into him here before the game and we were just having a chat. He's on the board of Table Tennis Victoria with me. So we were having a little bit of a chat and was talking about Dylan Moore and he said that, like, he's not, like, He's not like other footy players. Like he's so giving of his time. He's so caring. Anything that anyone at the club needs, he does. He's just, he's a good human being. And, yeah, I mean, when you hear stuff like that, you can't help but just be so happy for how his career has progressed and, and hope that it continues for him. Talking about another Hawk supporter that's absolutely thriving, Jack Scrimshaw, close to best on ground for me. Just another key cog in that back line. And when you think about Scrimshaw, Frost and Sicily, that 
who's going to score against that immense wall of intercept kings? Scrimshaw wasn't just intercepting the footy. His, the, the way that he transitioned us from defence to attack was absolutely incredible. And that third quarter kick to Reeves was absolutely levered it and just took the defence out of it. And so I think, I think that, that may have led to a goal in the end. But um, they noticed it on the commentary. And I think we all, we all kind of rate Jack Scrimshaw internally, but I think the rest of the AFL's going to take sit up and notice because he's just been absolutely amazing the, the first two rounds. So I'm going to give him a nine. I'm going there. Yeah. Solid. Uh, yeah, uh, I think you've summed it up well. I gave him an eight and a half. Ethan, have you got his disposal efficiency handy? Yeah, 86%. 86% disposal efficiency. So, I mean, there are some players that you hold your breath every time they get near it. And um, Tom Phillips has started playing a role, getting uh, a kick deep in the back pocket from kick-ins. And he's an example of you then, and he's been doing okay, but you're worried about where that next kick actually goes to. Every time he gets it, you're worried. It's the opposite with Scrimmer. Every time he gets it, you just know or at least feel so safe when he's got the ball in his hands. Uh, and tonight was another example of it. He, he doesn't have to be um, – he actually doesn't have to be the intercept marker, but as long as they get the ball to him, you know he's then going to use it well. So I gave him an eight and a half. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, Scrimshaw's, he's doing his job really well. He's getting, this, well, the stat sheet says it all. 22 possessions at 86, six marks, eight rebounds, 50. It's all you want from a guy like him. I gave him an eight. Yeah, and no, I think he had seven intercepts as well, um, second to assist on nine and Another one who had seven intercepts is Blake Hardwick, who's just continuing to do Blake Hardwick things. Another one of those players that you just want their hands on the footy in the back line, just plays that negating defender role so well, plays on big, big smalls, whatever. Blake Hardwick just does his job week in, week out, and you can absolutely bet your house on him having a good game. So, you know, just the obligatory seven and a half for, for Blake Hardwick. Um, and I'll probably give him the same score next week and the week after. Well, again, Daz, we're like the same person. Seven and a half for me. And you know what? Like this is this game typifies how he finishes top three in the PCM. Yeah. He does his job. He, you know, we don't say disappointing night from him the same way we, you know, do from a Jager or a Chad or a you know, whoever it is that you identify, like, he is just super consistent. He's done his job again tonight and he's part of just an incredible defensive unit. So um, I gave him a seven and a half and, yeah, he's he's one of the – he's, for me, the player that I think most people outside of the club wouldn't understand just how good he is. Yeah. Yeah, that everyone sure. connected to Hawthorne absolutely knows just how good he is. He's like um, Guerra incarnate, I reckon. He just 
there's so so many similarities between those two players. And we've been crying out for Brent Guerra for a long time. Might have uh, got a rendition of horses somewhere tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought Hardwick was very, very good. He got the 17 posies, which doesn't sound much for him, but he took all of the kick-ins, which you prefer, especially when he's he's a great kick of the footy. And I love him getting the seven rebounds, 50s, and seven uncontested posies. You just really love it. And I gave him an eight and a half. I thought it was very solid. One of the one of the good things, one of the good things you mentioned the kick-ins, Eith. I love how again now it doesn't matter if it's Sicily taking the kick-ins or it's um, Dima taking the kick-ins. If one of the one of them are taking it, the other one's potentially on the end of it, or it gets to yeah. a um, a scrimshaw and. In terms of then sort of the three chains out of defence, you're really confident that even to the next kick, you can get it to the wing and be out of danger because they're just such good users of the footy. And I thought on kick-ins, we were so aggressive with the kick-ins tonight. And I think it actually is part of this this counter-attack game style because you've got such great kickers of the footy kicking out um, after a goal. After a point, it's just it's really the, the way that we're launching these attacks, having these absolute gun kicks um, kicking out. So, I thought, Blake- do you know what what I think really helps with that? Like for so long, one of the biggest concerns about our forward line was we have so many players that are playing that don't offer a contest, and with all due respect to Timmy O. Um, you know, he's the he exactly typifies it for me yeah. that he would play forward and there'd be uncontested marks from uh, the opposition defence. So with what you're talking about, these guys can run their 10 metres, kick it to 60 or 65, and you've already got, if you've gone past the scrimshaws and past the Sicilies, into the next wave and you're kicking it to 60, 65, you've got a McAvoy or you've got a Mitch Lewis or you've got someone actually contesting that ball so that even then when it comes to ground or it goes um, out of bounds, you're back to a 50-50 to win the ball back. It's not a turnover and coming coming back the other way. So I think it's, it's like whole team improvement that has helped with the efficiency of from from our um, very first defensive line with our kick-ins. Yep, absolutely. Um, Jack Gunston, I'll, I'll let you two talk about what it was like just to, especially that, which goal do you think was, was the best out of those two? Oh, I reckon the snap from the boundary where he ran and evaded the left foot snap was absolutely stunning. I think tonight Mitch Lewis at the ground stole the show, but Gunston deserves so much credit and everyone who didn't see him last year just needs to think of, remember how efficient he actually is at his goal kicking. Yeah, he, he, not only does he straighten us up, but it helps with Mitch Lewis doing so well. It means that someone like Jack can 
continue to thrive. There's no doubt that the snap on his left uh, was out of this world. And, again, at that point we were still on the top level and we were right behind it. And that actually you asked earlier about the moment. Like that was just the moment when he did that. We had another guy in front of us, a, a Hawk supporter, and like he just looked around at us stunned as well. It was yeah. just a moment of sheer brilliance. And yeah, like Jack's back. It's amazing. Yeah. That's what made the Port fans quiet, I reckon. That moment. That was a moment where I just quietly at home thought, oh, we're actually on here. I think when, when Jack Gonson's kicking goals like that. But, again, his work rate was amazing. And he's just helping Lewis become the, 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 that sort of power forward um, that we need. His footy IQ, Jack Gonson, is off the charts. He's just got everything you, you want as a forward. And he, he clears that space really well for, for Lewis to, to do his thing. So the two of them working in tandem is, is amazing. So Gunston... Uh, a, a nine for me. I thought he was, he was he was brilliant. Nine for me as well, and one probably sneaks into my votes. I think I give him an eight. I thought Mitch Lewis, he just stole the show a bit more, so I had to give Lewis a better rating. But still, great praise for Jack. Ah, totally fair. I think um, the next one, Chad, who unfortunately came off with some hamstring. Tightness is is it, it didn't seem that it was iced up or anything at the end of the game. So hope, hopefully he's in with a, a chance for next week. Maybe just felt something there, but um, just those those two goals. He I think he really enjoyed those two goals. And what was what was the booing like for Chad? Oh, it was a vicious. If you thought Chad enjoyed those two goals, I can tell you that Ethan and I really enjoyed those two goals because. Uh, the ferals amongst us were going crazy and you can have him and we don't want you, Chad, and you're no good. And, um, yeah, we had no idea. Actually, um, we had no idea that he'd been subbed off, um, but we saw Phillips at the start of the second half and saw that Titch wasn't on the ground. I think he started on the bench. So at first we were concerned that it was Titch who was gone. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's nothing too major. I guess we'll, we'll find out soon. Um, he seemed to be walking off. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was, it was wonderful. I mean, just to have those goals as the contribution, uh, and he was, um, Daz has probably seen, or you have seen the video I circulated of, um, some of the congrats we were giving to the players as they walked off the ground and and Chad was very, very content walking off the ground. I think he hate yeah, go for it, Ethan. I Chad's was it was a sad story. I mean, he would have done so much better and helped us a lot more if he had stayed on. But I just wonder what was better to look at. His reaction after the second goal or the Port fans after the siren. It was just a magnetic atmosphere. And when he kicked the goals, 
the booing just automatically stopped and there was cheering. It was lovely to watch. <laughs> and what was the what was the temperature out there on the ground? Because he reverted back to the um uh to, to took off the sleeves and I, I thought it would look like a pretty chilly night over there. It was warm. It was 29, it was 29 during the day here. Um and I reckon the temperature at the ground. It got a little bit cooler when the sun went down, which was right on the first siren. But um, I reckon it was uh, it still would have been 24, 25. So um, perfect sense going in the, the uh, short sleeves. Does that make that round one sleeve uh, sleeve gate uh, a bit more a bit, bit of a statement, a bit of a, a bit of a you know a little message to someone? Um. Yeah, potentially. Are you talking about the Sydney fan? <laughs> That's right. Um, oh. Do you know what? I, I No doubt um, it was a way for him to uh, showcase that he's now allowed to express his individuality. Um, I think that common sense will prevail. Like, I mean, he, he had a good second half of the season last season playing with no sleeves, so... And it will clearly get very cold through winter. So I feel like he'll just pick and choose based on the conditions. Yeah. Do we have to give him a rating considering he came off, you know, played half a footy? No. Nah. That's the rule? Okay. That's the new rule. It's the new rule. Yeah, I think it's a good rule. Uh, Tom Phillips said we have to give a rating because he came on. Is that is that how it works? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm happy to start. I mean... Uh, like I said before, you're always worried about um, his disposal. Uh, again, I'm not sure what the stats look like, but um, I, I actually think he did okay. Uh, similarly to last week, where I thought he just added an extra dimension without being um, brilliant. I think if he's playing in this sub role and then every other game um, getting full full matches in I think it's a great role for him and it, you know he, he did it really really well again tonight thought he had enough of an impact in the second half yeah he did his job what the problem for me is he just does not use the ball as well as other players and like he had 11 possessions and nine of them were uncontested but he only went at 63%, which is pretty average for a winger who has lots of uncontested possessions. So, like, he did his job, did what he needed to do as the medi-sub, just wasn't the best effort from a winger. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I, I think I think Phillips, though, he adds this chaotic element around the footy that is kind of suiting our new run-and-gun game style a, a little bit. So... It might be weird to say this, but even though he's not, he's one of those players. We see. I agree with you that you just don't know what's going to happen when he's when he's got the footy. It kind of works in our favour a little bit. I think it creates a bit bit more of a, a sort of chaotic, um, chaotic sort of atmosphere around stoppages. You know what? He he's different. He's different to any of the other mids we've got. Same as what we were saying about Nash. So. 
you know, in what they're trying to build, these guys don't need to get 30 possessions and getting Brownlow votes and being in our top few players every week. They're just going to need to all be role players and then depending on who we're playing and the other midfield units we're up against and what's happening on any given day, then know that he's there to make adjustments, to change the makeup of that midfield unit. So, um, and he's young, like he's in the age bracket that, you know, is why we were so excited about getting him last year was, you know, he's still in the age bracket where you say, could he be part of our next flag? Absolutely. So um, from that point of view, uh, got, got plenty of time for him. Uh, I'm going to give him a five and a half. Does the medical sub get a medal? Um, a medical medal. A, a, med- <laughs> a medal. Have a, <laughs> have a special medal. Um, let's go on to Luke Bruce. I thought he was, I thought he was pretty quiet, but he's a mercurial talent and he popped up there with those obligatory, was it three goals that he kicked? He did um, kick three. Yeah. And can I just interrupt it to say that we're recording this from the hotel room and on Fox footy, the replay's about to start. Like, could could the evening just get any better? Sorry to interrupt. And you're half an hour behind as well, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very exciting. Very exciting. So, sorry to interrupt. Luke Bruce. Yeah, wouldn't want to keep you from the replay, so maybe let's let's zoom through the, <laughs> through these next players. How'd you see uh, Brucey's game, Ethan? Um, well, he's back. He kicked three goals, did what he needed to do as our main small forward, and he he didn't pop up everywhere like he usually does at his best, but he scored the important goals that he needed to score, and that's all that really matters. I gave him an eight. Yeah, I gave him a seven. I think that he did his job perfectly. I think he got better as the game went on and certainly uh, pop. I, I think did he kick two of the three in the second half maybe. Um, so, you know, if he kicks 35 to 40 goals this year, we're going to say he's done his role to perfection. So to start his first game of the season with three, you can't really ask for too much more. Um and yeah, I I, th- I thought he was really good. Again, you have a situation where Luke Bruce is being talked about as a role player in this team, which is pretty good position to be in. And I, I really loved there was a little moment there where it was the Bruce and Gunston show. Uh, I think it was maybe in the in the fourth quarter. It just was went, beautiful. Wound back the clock, and that was a really heartwarming moment. Um, yeah, do you know what? Actually, when they were running into that goal and the decision when to handball over and uh, there are a few unhappy unhappy fan, Port fans around us, um, that, that was just the moment to let them know how many medals they had between them. So uh, that, was, um, that, that was quite fun at that point, wasn't it, Eve? Yeah, that was awesome. Denver Granger Barras is, I think, shaping up to be our next intercept king. And you could see it all, see why we we rated him so highly. That was uh, a really great, encouraging display from him after a pretty quiet round one clash in which 
I think he he did a pretty good negating job. He just wasn't as damaging as he was tonight. Um, he was just a lot of great intercepts, a, a beautiful kick to Omira there in the last quarter, which led to a goal, a, a great mark in the in the third quarter. Um, his his aggression and his growing stature as a as a sort of leader there down back, even though it's in his you know he's, he's still a young player in his second year. I thought it was a a really good game from from DGB, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a seven and a half. From the ground, he was he got the hundred percent efficiency, and yeah, he got the couple of assists. He was pretty solid, and he'll be a great rock in the future in our defence. He'll be the next Scrimshaw in Sicily for our club, but I just think he has to do more in that position. We've got people waiting like how and Impey's going to come back soon. So, he, yeah, he played decently, but he needs to do better. I gave him a four. Whoa, doesn't get a pass mark from Ethan. That's controversial. How did we get that? How did I? Maybe I got it so wrong. I've got to rewatch that game. No, I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I gave him a six. Um, I think there were a couple of marking contests early that he. Um, he totally misjudged the ball coming in uh, and Port forwards took marks and we saw that last week. And the the big question, I think Ethan's actually totally right, that the big question is going to be when we've got a full list to choose from and the likes of, uh, you know, the two are Impey and Bramble and, and granted they're different players given that they're, Runners off half back. How does everyone get in the team? And Will um, Day as well. And Will Day as well. That's right. So I feel like we're going to want to see more from him. But at the same time, he's got another two games of footy so far under his belt. And we know how highly he's rated. We know he's part of the next flag. So you want to get him to that 60, 70, 80 games mark as soon as possible and I mean it's an example of like I love what Sammy's done in letting Reeves play the ruck in letting Hardigan not necessarily come straight into the team in dropping shields in playing Phillips on the bench like he's not scared to forego experience for these kids. So I feel like he he truly gets that and that's part of the mantra. And that's the most exciting thing at the moment for me. So I gave him a six. I didn't think he was outstanding, but I think that we are so much better in our develop in terms of our development for him playing. I think he's keeping Hardigan out of the side, which you know sort of speaks volumes for for Sammy's trust in 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 the younger younger brigade. Um, speaking of Josh Ward, uh, that first goal that should have been, uh, I, I, I really thought he was going to drill that one, but um, he had an unbelievable third quarter. I thought he just made such an impact on on that game and was it was an important player for us in the end. Wardy in his second game. Yeah, there's so many highlights from tonight and 
he was so shaky early. He missed a couple of targets. He ran in and missed that shot at goal. And, uh, I mean, again, there are moments where you go, okay, he's got into the right places. He's worked hard to get on the end of them. He's just made mistakes, and we know that that's fixable. So when he, when he kicked that goal, same as obviously we'll get to Connor McDonald and he kicked that goal in the first quarter, literally, literally every single player on the ground got round them. It was just the most beautiful thing to see. So for him to kick that goal was clearly going to be a confidence booster for him. Um, and, yeah, another game goes by where we say thank, thank the Lord that we picked him. Uh, thank, thank goodness he's playing for us and can't wait to see what he does next week. I thought, like, with his, with his expectations, he absolutely dominated for what everyone thought he would do off last week. He just popped up. He had a really shaky start, as Dad said, but I reckon footy players would be lucky enough to say that their best quarter of footy was in their second game because I reckon he won't play like that again in his career. His second quarter was absolutely elite and his goal was great. Everyone got behind him, which weren't many people, but you could hear the noise and everyone went to him. I gave him an eight and a half. Wow, that's um, that's a that's a big endorsement for for Wardy, and I think he's yeah he's he's looking like you know that 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 top five top top draft talent that we haven't had on the list in a in, in a long time, and he's he's really making an instant impact, and that's all you really want. So I think getting that monkey off the back and kicking that goal, I think he'll just he'll just go on now and. He got absolutely flattened there in the second quarter against a hardened AFL body, and he bounced straight back up. And you just, you just love to see that. Um, Kitty's going to be a gun, especially in the lead up. We talked about how, you know, it's one thing to win ugly against a, with all due respect, clear bottom two team in North Melbourne. Now we're coming up against these hard, big bodies, mid, big bodied mids, and Boak was great all night. And I thought Sam Powell Pepper tried really hard. But yeah, the fact that Ward, like you said, that there was that moment he got crunched, like someone like him can come back and have such a big impact on the game, um, was absolutely telling. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a six for me for Ward, but. You know, just so much to build on from that performance. Um, Connor McDonald is looking like an absolute draft steal at, what was he, 26? Um, I just, his, his hands, his presence of mind, his footy IQ, that goal that he kicked, um, he could have had another one as well. Uh, I, I just, I don't know where, where they, they plucked him from. It was unexpected. We were all hoping for... Um, for Sonsi, I remember, or uh, uh, other players, no one ever thought that we'd, we'd pick up McDonald. It was a big surprise for us, but he's they, they must have knew what they were doing because, yeah, he's, he's looking. He's, he's almost on par with Ward, which is uh, saying a lot. Had 18 touches and 
It's just a really classy player. Yeah, you know what's really interesting? I think the you remember in between draft night one and two, the notion that um, we should be trading up because I think Johnson, who went to Frio, was still available. Yeah. Even the thought that the club had agreed in principle to the deal to get Luke Bruce up there for their higher pick, which involved trading 26 to go under any of these other, um, you know, the machinations of any of these things happening, man, we wouldn't have McDonald. And, and now you watch him. Uh, now you watch him and, like, it's, he's just so good to watch together with Ward and, you know, no doubt at some point during the year they will potentially get rested, but hopefully we can see them injury-free and get, you know, 18, 19, 20 matches in this season because uh, even when you're losing games of footy, to see these kids getting time on the ball I think is going to be really exciting. I gave him a seven and a half. Yeah, I think McDonald. He's the same as Ward. He didn't, like, on the stat sheet, he's not like a titch who's getting 30 posies a game. But he did his job. And for expectations, no one expected him and Ward to actually be that good. I gave him a seven and a half. He just stood out a lot with Ward. And it just just proves the kids can play. The kids can play. We were saying it all night, like it's one of... One of the mottos, the kids can play. They're, they're, it's his second game of footy. To be doing some of the stuff that he was doing with such composure in front of such a hostile crowd, it's just magnificent. Yeah, that's right. And I think he may have seemed a bit overawed in round one, but around two, he just uh, looked like a different player and just seemed really comfortable at the level, which is is pretty amazing given his, his age and relative inexperience. Um Finn McGuinness had an interesting game. Um, I don't know, you, you're throwing your hands up there, Weesey. What are you? Yeah, I'm, again, it's sort of as the game went on, uh, Ethan turned around at one point and said to me, haven't seen much of Finn McGuinness. And the couple of times that he said that, looked around and um, he was shoulder to shoulder with Motlop. And Motlop's someone who is such an inconsistent footballer but has been one of those guys that seems to pop up and have good games against us. So, I mean, it's it's really hard for, I don't know about you, Eith, it's really hard for me to rate because I didn't really notice him. Um, but if you tell me that's because he was blanketing Motlop, then I'd say he did a really good job. Yeah. I also found it was hard to rate. I couldn't really rate him. He was very, he's very inconsistent right now, but when, as he gets older, he'll just become a gun, hopefully. He's grown up playing footy with his dad and grandpa, I think. He, just, he was born to play footy. And we're top of the ladder, so no complaints. Everyone's doing their job. Time to take a screenshot while you can, Hawks fans. <laughs> I've taken about 10 tonight. Um, what did you think about his game from, oh, I, from I, home, Daz? I think it must have been a, a run with roll. And, I, and I, I'm going to watch that game again because I think, I think he, 
he, I think he may have been blanketing Motlop. That was my, um, that was my perceptions of his performance as well. But again, I have to to watch it, watch the replay. I think um, there was there was a great moment in that third quarter, maybe when he had that intercept mark and a great sort of release kick toward, which um, which it I was I, a brilliant I, kick. It was I a fantastic it, kick. I don't think he had that in him. Um, just the way that he's butchered the footy whenever whenever I've seen him. But um, he went at 92%, so, you know, it's only 10, 10 posies. But I think he's maybe he's kind of addressing that part of his game. But I think I think he did play that sort of negating, almost like a Liam Shields kind of role tonight. So it was a hard performance to assess and, you know, maybe a six. Um, yeah, do you know what? The other thing is... Um, and when we heard that Shields had been dropped, there are a few people who um, who mentioned that it was maybe because of uh, the impending birth of child. But Hawthorne came out and um, said that wasn't the case. He's just not in the lineup for this match. That if someone like Finn is getting the role that he would take, whilst I'm personally not the biggest Finn McGuinness fan, I'm happy to give him more time playing at, you know, Shields is the exact example of who I was talking about with, you know, him and Hardigan and even Cozzy not just getting games that um, the best 22 each week on the track in, in terms of where they fit in the team are going to play. doesn't matter how old they are, how experienced they are. So I'm happy to give Finn more time and again it's always good to get another game under the belt you just got to keep playing him and i think um with with all due respect to liam shields had a magnificent career i I didn't miss him for one second tonight and in fact i would just i hope finn keeps him out for for the season to be honest because that just speaks to the the health of our list if if shields is um spending more time on the pine than out there this year um ned reeves just kind of growing into that number one ruck role. Um, I thought he was. I thought he was the most dominant ruckman on the ground. Yeah, I think that's fair. His tap work again was fantastic, fantastic. And um, what what I love about him is, I feel like McAvoy when he was up against uh, Finn Lyson or even Lysette, um, was able to hold his position really well. I thought that Reeves got out positioned a lot, but because of his sheer height, he still managed to get tap outs, even in you know those times when he was clearly out of position. And that is such a strength as a ruckman to still be able to get your hand on it first. So... I agree. I think he's he's really growing. I agree with what you said before when we were talking about McAvoy, Daz, that he's clearly got to be our number one ruck with some chop-outs from McAvoy. And it's a shame for Max Lynch. He'll, he'll obviously spend the next few weeks not playing. Um, but, yeah, for now, he's the number one ruck on the list. I gave him a seven and a half out of ten. Yeah, I agree with that. I just think Reeves is so crucial to our side. Even McAvoy was rucking really well, but 
I don't think McAvoy would have done what Reeves did against Lysette. He just took Lysette out of the picture, 34 hit outs, and I thought he was very good in leaving Lysette when he had possession in the middle of the pitch and tracking back, and Lysette always made like the wrong decision and he always just kicked it to the pack and there were so many players there, including Reeves, who were just waiting to grab it. It was just really good play by him. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it was. It was. He, he did give us first use a lot of the times, and let's not talk about that shocking turnover um, where he kicked it straight to Birdo in the in the third <laughs> quarter. But uh, I think thankfully Birdo shanked the shot, and that's another play that I don't really think we 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 think much about anymore, Ryan Burden. But um, let's move on to our last player, uh, and definitely not least, Jai Newcomb, who. Another typically combative performance there, the midfield battering ram that we all love. His disposal into the Ford 50, especially in that first quarter, I I thought was, um, it's becoming a real feature of his game. The depth that he gets on the kicks, just kicking it in the right spot and just just the absolute penetration into the Ford 50 and his his willingness to to kind of drive us forward. I am just becoming a massive Johnny Ecom fan every day. I love Johnny Ecom. Uh, we could we could just do a, a second hour of this pod right now and just talk about him. I feel like his growth and development has already gone off the charts from last year and he's adding so much more to his game. Like last year, he's inside tackling um, and contested ball work was a feature. The tackling was a feature. Now his outside run and carry and um, running like straight lines up the ground. As you said, Daz, the penetrating kick forward. Um, He's some sort of a player. Again, a total new dimension to the midfield unit. And... The snap, the snap from the boundary line, that goal was just another thing of beauty. And there's nothing like when these kids are kicking goals and everyone just comes to celebrate with them. It was just, it was awesome, wasn't it? But it was never in doubt. I feel feel like he just, you just saw his face and he was just like, yep, going to kick it. And I think that's how he, he approaches life because... He's never seemed overawed. He was playing, you know, where was he playing in Gippsland? Somewhere in obscurity last year. And I just don't know how they found him. And also this, the, his, we all talk about his attack on the footy, but I think there's a passage there in the third quarter where he just evaded like four players. Um, and where did, where did that come from? I just, every, every week he surprises us and that's so exciting. Yeah, I gave him an eight and a half. I loved what he brought. And what was interesting with that snap as well was no one went anywhere near him to block off the chance that, like, you knew he was going to run. There were no port players around to put any sort of pressure on him to take that kick. And as you said, Daz, like, he kicked it and it just never looked like missing the whole way through. It was just beautiful. I thought that Jai... 
Yeah, he's young, and I think it's hard for him to be so consistent at the moment. He dominated today. He scored. His snap was absolutely brilliant. Dad even got some footage sent in from someone. It was just great. And by then, everyone was excited and partying, except for the Port Adelaide fans. But I think that... The rating? I give him a seven, but I think he could have done much better because 15 possessions for a mid, you don't take it for uh, Tom Mitchell. But for a John Newcomb, I think every once in a while, that's okay at the moment. We'll hopefully have... Um... When we, we went down to the players' race at the end so that we could celebrate with all the players, we actually went down at the 20-minute mark just after he'd kicked that goal. And um, the guys that we were chatting with um, next to us at the players' race, one of them showed us the video that he took on his phone because he was literally right there when Newcomb took the kick. So sneakily, he, he tried to send me the video and said we could Post it to all of our followers. Um, uh, the, the reception didn't work in the ground. He assured me he would be sending it to me. So if we get that, keep an eye out for that on socials tomorrow, the best view of that new construct snap. And uh, we'll also have our play ratings. Uh, sorry, our, um, our full match recap uh, tomorrow. No, let's, Monday. Let's, let's go Monday. You've got a flight to take. And and I think it's probably two hours past Ethan's bedtime right now. So I think let's let's wrap it up. It's it's always great to do these after a win, and let's hope it continues. Ethan, thank you so much for for joining us and making your Hawks Insiders debut. I think you you kind of brought brought us back to reality a bit tonight uh, with your with your astute analysis and uh, your 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 data backed uh, yeah. play ratings. I think we were just getting carried away with a win. So. Thank you yeah. very much. It's going to be hard for Ash to come back now, I think. It was much better than just hearing Dad's voice in the hall. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially, uh, you know, one step further, if he's taking, I'm the one that's worried, if he's taking my stats role and you're taking Ash's hosting role, it might just be a bit of a battle between me and Ash for that third spot. I think Ash is feeling very much like the, the Kyle Hardigan of the Hawks inside. <laughs> oh, we, we might bring him in next week as the Tom Phillips, uh, the the marquee Medi sub. Maybe he should be <laughs> All right, settle down. All right, well, with that, we'll, we'll wrap it up. And um, where, can, where can we find Hawks Insiders on Twitter and Substack, we see? Yeah, at Hawks Insiders is the place to go uh, on Twitter. Um, if you have a look, our Substack address is in our bio on Twitter and that will get you access to all of our written content. There's uh, all of our podcasts that come through there as well. Similarly, you can find us in the App Store Um in the podcast store on Apple, on all other podcast providers, Spotify, your favourite provider, just search for Hawks Insiders. All of our spaces during the week, all of our pod recordings will be there. So keep listening 
tuning in and being part of it. And I think we're in the, we crashed into the top tier, the top fifty sports podcast last week, which is pretty incredible for something just recorded very raw after a win from our respective um, offices. And you're actually in a hotel room tonight, so let's see if we can crack the top fifty again. That would be great. We'll keep everyone updated. Thanks for hosting, Daz, and um, looking forward to watching the replay tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Let's uh, I'll, 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 I'll wind it up so you can get to bed. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and um, keep an eye on Hawks Insiders.